For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans, by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. Unfortunately, the Sacramento Kings lose tonight, 132-109 to the Boston Celtics at home. This was a back-to-back for the Sacramento Kings. Still no Kevin Herter, and all the Celtics stars played tonight. They've had, what, three days off or so. The Kings are on a back-to-back, a tough stretch of games. Five games and seven nights. The Kings looked extremely tired in this game. Uh, and I'm sure I'm probably going to explode about the refs here. So we'll definitely talk about that. But welcome in, everybody. Shout out to all my royal family members here. Alfie Man, Charles, Matthew. It's good to see you all. Matthew, hopefully you watched the last stream. Calvin did answer your question about the sky hook. So uh, make sure you check that out. Also, shout out to everybody else that's watching. Bouncer is here. Mike Monticello is here. Tito is here. Logan. Logan Erslow, it's good to see you all. Welcome in, welcome in. Uh, first off, don't forget to smash up that like button, hit that subscribe button. We are live after every single Kings game. It's Tuesday, as Alfie Man said, another Taco Tuesday ruined, Calvin, by a Sacramento Kings loss. But how are you today? I'm good. I mean, a little frustrated like everybody is after watching that that game. Um, yeah. But... Trying to keep everything in perspective like Charles is here. 
a lot of games in five games in seven days. You know, they played a bunch back to back. Probably a little tired, not to say that that's an excuse, but, you know, it's likely that they are. And this is a great team they were playing today as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is a, a incredible basketball team. I know I've been saying this over and over again. I'll say it again. Kings fans are reevaluating their expectations for this team. Um, and the Boston Celtics are an incredible basketball team. Now, I'm not making any excuses. The Kings look tired tonight. Um not happy with the refereeing in this game, especially at the end of the, uh, the second quarter and, and into that third quarter. Not happy with a bunch of that. Definitely gave the Celtics some momentum, which I was not happy about. But, I mean, people are talking about playoff basketball. This is playoff basketball. I mean, I, I agree with that, and I don't, Calvin, because at the same time, in the playoffs, you're not playing five games in seven nights, which is what the Kings are doing tonight, which... I'm not saying is an excuse, but you have to understand where they're at. That's a lot of basketball to be playing in seven game, seven days, three different time zones for the Kings. They've been all over the place. So I can understand why they'd be a little bit tired uh, and, and, you know, not ready for this game as opposed to a Boston Celtics team that's had a bunch of rest. Um, so I, I definitely get that. But simply, the Kings didn't make enough shots. They turned the ball over too much. They looked sloppy last night and tonight. It, it looked like almost a continuation outside of the first quarter of this game because I was really happy with the first quarter for the Sacramento Kings. I love how they were sticking with it. They were aggressive. They were active. Um, and then it all fell apart there. What were your first thoughts? Well, number one, I, I thought they were definitely more ready for this game than they were for last night's game against the Jazz. Uh, the first quarter's obviously night and day difference. They hit a lot of threes, as you mentioned, in that first quarter. That was really the only reason that they were uh, leading or kept this game close at all uh, because Boston was missing a ton of shots in the first quarter. Once they started knocking down shots that they regularly make, yep. it, you know, it became a, a game of uh, keep pace and the Kings were not able to do that uh, because they had trouble getting inside, and they started to miss shots from the outside as well. They were hot in the first quarter. But I thought, you know, energy-wise and, and just being ready for the game, it was much better tonight, which I expected that. I mean, you come back home, you just had a rough game where you, you gave up a huge, huge lead early on. You're also playing one of the best teams in the NBA. There was absolutely no reason for you not to be ready to play today. Boston is just an incredibly good team that wore them down over the course of the game. Yep. I mean, this starting five for Boston maybe doesn't get talked about enough with how good they are. Um, Sorry to interrupt one you, of Calvin. One the worst wanna, matchups for the Kings. I want to listen to Mike Brown, listen to his interview tonight, see how he's doing. We all got our behinds kicked. Um, there's nothing tricky or hidden behind what I'm saying. It's a low guy he's doing. Um, they... Uh, switched everything and turned us over. Um, we had 14 turnovers, and they capitalized off of almost every turnover, so they beat us in a turnover game. Um, they had five turnovers, and we scored six points off their five turnovers. So right there, they outscored us by 15 points in, in the turnover game. And then <clears throat> and then in the um, re uh, second-chance game, and we, we did get 10 offense rebounds. They only got 11, but every single one of them, that every single rebound that they got, they seemed to hit a three or or get a big bucket. And so they, they outscored us by 12 there. And that, that, that that's the ball game, you know. And, and you've got two guys like uh, Tatum and Brown, uh, they're load. And we, we, didn't, we didn't have an answer for them. So you've you got to give the Celtics credit. Um, 
nothing else I can say besides what the facts are. You know, coaches don't like to use tired legs much, and we talked about pregame, the five and seven nights. How much is tonight uh, kind of a factor of that? I mean, you know, everybody has to play these types of games, and so you got to go lace them up. You got to play play them, and whatever happens, happens. And uh, I mean, were the guys tired? Probably, but at at the end of the day, you, you know, it, you still got to say what happened out on the floor, and those are things that happen on the floor. Mike, when uh, when you go against a defense like Boston's, what's yeah. what's the counter that you guys have to have when they're forcing you into maybe a little too much ISO and one-on-one and type stuff? Uh, you got to play with a pace in the half court. Like you, you got to sprint out in the uh, screen sometimes and slip to the rim to cause a chain reaction. Um, your cuts have to be extremely hard. Um, the ball has to be moved and crisp. And, and if you catch the ball and somebody's closing out to you, you can't hesitate. Like we have a, we had so many times where the ball got swung after they're switching. And even if they messed it up a little bit, when you hold it, all you're doing is letting them get back in front, you know. Uh, and then you, you got to shoot the ball when you're open. I mean, there were a couple of times we were wide open and we dribbled into traffic, <laughs> you know. Um, one of the things a guy's going to have to understand is come playoff team, playoff time, the best shot's an open shot because those are going to be hard to come by. And if we keep passing up open shots and driving into traffic and trying to make a play or force the action, uh, we're going to be in trouble. But, um, you know, they're, they're switching, switching uh, bothered really bothered us. We couldn't score inside. We couldn't score outside, really. And you're going to have to play with some pace and slip to the rim to put some pressure on the rim to cause the defense to collapse a little bit, whether it's by a drive or, like I said, just a cut. And then that's when you can get a good look with with a spray three or a snap drive trying to get to the rim because their defense isn't really set. Mike, it seems like Davion is getting a lot more comfortable offensively and running that second unit. I'm just curious your assessment on how he's played these last couple of games and just his development over the course of this year. Davion's been really good. Um, He's been really, really good on both ends of the floor. And uh, there hasn't been, you know, many times I can think back where I could say he, you know, he's been a liability on either side of the floor. Uh, He's probably the one guy that uh, in these, especially these last couple of games, that has been as close to playing uh, on both sides of the ball at the highest level um, on our team when it comes to naming that person. So I, I'm happy with uh, Davion's development. Um, you know, again, the sky's the limit for him as a young guy. He's just so tough, and he's uh, always taking on on the challenge. And you like that from uh, from anybody on your team. Yeah, Mike, uh, a couple of games here without Kevin. What do you expect from him? Should we see? Should we expect him later in the week, or is it still going to be a, a little while before we see him on the court? No, you know, again, we'll have tomorrow off, which is great for him, and, and, and then we'll have a practice day, and so we'll be able to take a look at him uh, tomorrow, and then again, uh, I think it's Wednesday, Wednesday at, at practice, and and we'll see. But uh, this time off has been great, especially when you're talking about, uh, you know, the, the muscle injury that he had. And so to be able to rest it uh, was a good thing. Yeah, Coach, what stood out to you with Boston only having five turnovers? And how much do you think that impacted your offense on the other end? Is it still playing? Well, it, 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 you know, 
it impacted us uh, a lot in terms of the outcome of the game because we we had 14. <laughs> you know, when when you play a good team, you know, in order to have a chance to win the game, you got to win the possession game, and that involves turnovers. Uh, free throw attempts and offense, offensive rebounds. And, you know, like, like I said, you know, to start my press. All right, Calvin. I mean, what's he going to say, right? He lost a good game yeah. to the Boston Celtics. I mean, you want to break down some of the things that he said, what you agree with, what you might disagree with? I'm, I don't disagree with anything that he said. I, I mean, I, I just think that this Boston team – is probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest matchups. They're a tough matchup for any team in the NBA, but especially for Sacramento because the Kings can a lot of times, even when they play good defensive teams, the, you know, they're still able to find ways to score um, and kind of be able to make adjustments in game when a defense is giving them trouble, whether it's a switch to a zone or something like that that they can eventually crack it and they're still going to score enough points to keep pace or, or to be in it late. Mm-hmm. Boston has been one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA all season long. They're also a fantastic defensive team. And if you look at the Kings, who we all know don't play great defense, I'm not really sure what you do, what the game plan is for Mike Brown playing against a team like Boston. Because, first of all, they're so patient, they're so disciplined, they have so many great shooters out there. I mean, if you look at their starting lineup, every single player for for Boston's starting lineup took at least five threes, and most of them took more than seven. They shoot it all over the place from many different locations, uh, and they're really, really patient. Like I said, they've got two great one-on-one players that even if you play good defense for most of the shot clock or most of the possession – they can neutralize good defense because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are big physical guards Mm -hmm. that go downhill. They get a lot of fouls called like we saw today. And they also just will slowly, slowly make you wear down where it, all it takes is one, uh, you know, one dribble penetration, a kick out to a three. Even if you close out well on that first one, they'll just swing it and do the same thing again. So they put a ton of pressure uh, on your defense um, with being able to spread the floor so wide, since all of them are great shooters, it, you really, really make things difficult uh, on teams that way. Um, and then defensively, they're phenomenal as well because they switch everything. They run a lot of guard action switches, uh, which cause Sacramento a lot of problems. You know, a lot of people are have an issue with the fouls in this game. And, and I do think there is one part of that where you can definitely make a case. I think that the game is definitely called or officiated differently for uh, guards or wing players than it is for big guys inside now. You don't have a lot of traditional post-up players anymore in the NBA. A lot of guys are spread bigs uh, and more athletic. Um, Sabonis is really a, a tremendously skilled player and does so much, right? But his bread and butter is give me the ball on the low block and let me out physical you. I don't think that officials are really calling the game same the same way for those types of players as they are for let's say Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Because like I said, they're big. They initiate contact. It looks like a foul because usually they have a smaller guy on them and that smaller defender will obviously, you know, have some sort of reaction to the impact when those guys are driving at them, right? Mm -hmm. It's a full speed sort of a play. Also, Sabonis is doing most of this from a standstill. It's pivots, it's uh, pump fakes, all of that stuff. So I do think there's a lot more contact going on that maybe isn't called for those plays as opposed to guys like Jason Tatum 
and Jalen Brown, and that's why you see them get to the free throw line so much. That would be the issue that I had with the officiating in this game. But other than that, I mean, the Kings definitely can't blame the refs for this loss. It, they just got absolutely outworked and outplayed in, in really every area of this game except for the first quarter when they were able to hit a bunch of threes. Definitely. Uh, Matthew, I, I tried to bring you up on stage here. If you want to try and request again, I'm happy to bring you up. And then, Nick, of course, we're going to get to you. Uh, but some breaking news here. want to give a little shout-out to Charles here for bringing it to my attention. The Clippers are losing right now to Oklahoma City. Uh, and Paul George just left the game with what looks like, quote-unquote, at least a badly hyperextended knee. Oh, that's so a bummer. Paul George leaves the game with a knee injury. We will see what happens. Big news. I mean, we're three, three and a half weeks away from the playoffs. So that is absolutely wild. Um, anyways, back to the game tonight. I want to go over the box score. So Domas Sabonis, 37 minutes of action. Calvin, triple-double alert for Domas Sabonis. I feel like we need a button. Triple-double, bam. Um 16 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists tonight. 7 of 12 from the field. Missed a bunch of free throws in the game tonight. I mean, both teams missed both a teams ton of free throws. Both teams missed a lot of so free throws. We'll definitely talk about that. And Erzlo wants to talk about the plus-minus a little bit. I'll let you handle that here as soon as I'm done with the box score. Harrison Barnes, 25 minutes of action, 11 points, 5 rebounds, and an assist. Uh, Kessler Edwards gets his third start in a Kings jersey. 20 minutes for him tonight, 3 of 5 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3-point range, 8 points, 3 rebounds, and an assist tonight. Keegan Murray makes three more threes tonight, Calvin. 39 minutes of action for him, 15 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. De'Aaron Fox, 18 points, leads all scorers for the Kings. Calvin, I mean... We talked about that record, King's record, when De'Aaron Fox leads the team in scoring. It's uh, drifting away from 500, not in a good direction. But 18 points for him tonight, a rebound and three assists. And then the bench. I mean, basically, uh, Davion Mitchell was on fire for a portion of this game. Five of eight from the field, three of five from three-point range. 13 points for him, 12 points for Terrence Davis. The rest of the bench... Couldn't hit the side of a barn, Calvin. I mean, Rashawn Holmes, five minutes of action, five points for him, 100% from the field, but Malik Monk, one of seven, 0 of four from three-point range, only six points. Uh, Trey Lyles, zero points for him. Uh, another rough, rough go for the Kings. Yeah, yeah, very rough go. And, I mean, that's why the plus-minus numbers are obviously going to be very lopsided. I, I mean, I'm not sure if you want to talk about a specific aspect of plus minus in most blowouts, it's going to be one team has a, a huge advantage in the plus minus, right? Especially the starters. Uh, I mean, the, the Kings just could not do anything uh, w with that unit on the floor tonight. So um, it, obviously it's going to be lopsided, right? This game was, was not close since the first quarter. Um, but yeah, I, look, I, I mean, this is just, this is an incredibly difficult team for this team to play against, right? So I don't want to read in too much to, to Fox leading them in scoring and not winning this game. Um, you know, they definitely had spurts where guys were producing for them off the bench. Davion had a really good, you know, 10, 8 to 10 minute stretch. Terrence Davis came in and hit a few threes as well. Uh, but, you know, when you just, I think Boston scored in the third quarter on like eight or nine straight possessions, and I want to say half of them were threes. That's just an impossible pace to keep up with, even if you're the Sacramento Kings. 
Yeah. Sorry, I was uh, talking with Bench Matthew, trying to get him on stage here. We're having some technical difficulties, but we'll definitely get him on stage here because I want to hear from him. Uh, but as far as the team stats go, 48% tonight for the Kings as opposed to 53% for the Boston Celtics. Kings shot 38% from three-point range, 66% from the free-throw line. They got out rebound in this game, but only by one, 43-42. Uh, 25 assists for the Kings tonight. Turnovers, big difference here. 14 turnovers for the Kings, six turnovers for the Boston Celtics. And then Calvin, this is another night. Points in the paint made a big difference in this game. 56 points in the paint tonight for the Boston Celtics as opposed to only 38 for the Kings. I mean, the Celtics, they shot a lot of threes. They also got inside and just carved up this defense. Yeah. I mean, it was total uh, total domination, really, for for most of the game. And, and even in the first quarter, I mean, the Kings were had the lead and they were knocking down threes. Um, but Boston missed a ton of wide-open shots. So... I'm not sure that you can really say Sacramento outplayed Boston for any part of this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed the first quarter. It was very eventful back and forth. Uh, I was smiling. Uh, at the end of the second quarter, I was not smiling, Calvin. There was like four fouls in a row that went against the Kings, both offensive and defensive. And yes, if you could break down the fouls and you could say, okay, there was some contact there. It was a foul, but it just didn't seem like things were being called evenly. A yeah. foul on the Kings would not be a foul against the Boston Celtics. You talked about the difference between a guy like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and how fouls are called a little bit differently as opposed to a guy like them. Honestly, Calvin, I had flashbacks to the All-Star game uh, when I was watching this, and I'm like, De'Aaron Fox, as amazing as he's been, he looks like the newcomer on the block that this that's just there trying to fit in while Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were doing their same exact thing. Like, yo, we've been here before. We're going back to the finals. Sit back, little little kid. We're we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do our thing and your chance is next. That, yeah. Honestly, that's what it <laughs> yeah. felt like for a portion of this game. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I think officiating is probably goes through a couple of stretches throughout most, if not every NBA game where it's not exactly even. Um, I definitely feel like the, that uh, Kings fans and Kings players and the coaching staff has, you know, a lot to argue about in that, that four minute stretch that you were talking about there. Um, but you look over the course of the game, Boston only shot two more free throws than Sacramento did. Boston also missed a ton of their free throws. They got several offensive rebounds uh, in at the fourth quarter before the game was completely uh, out of hand. Tatum misses two free throws, and Grant Williams just walks in, grabs the rebound, and puts it up and in. Those are the yeah. kind of mistakes oh that God, when that you're playing crazy. against a team that's as good as Boston, you just can't make. I mean, as you can see, Boston took so great advantage, such a great advantage over all of Sacramento's mistakes. 21 points off of those 14 turnovers. They took care of the ball themselves. Uh, really, the only thing that Boston did wrong was in the first quarter they didn't hit shots. Marcus yeah. Smart airballs three threes in a row. Oh, man. That was like the worst possible yeah. uh, part of this game for Boston. Other than that, calibrated. they executed fantastically both on offense and defense. One of the things that Boston does so well on defense and why it's important in the NBA is obviously they're – they have a great balanced lineup, right? Meaning they can switch and guard pretty much one through five all the way out. They're really, really good at stopping dribble penetration too. Even if they get beat right off the beginning, 
in NBA, in the NBA, you always have the corner three as a bailout pass, right? Mm-hmm. When somebody drives and then they realize they don't have the lane or they don't have the angle or they get cut off by a help defender, you always have that that bailout pass in the corner. Boston takes that pass away probably better than any other team I've seen in the NBA. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, the Kings, sometimes I was, I was just looking real quick how many turnovers for Domas Sabonis, six turnovers for him tonight. I mean, we rave about how good of a passer he is uh, and how well the Kings move the basketball most of the time. A lot of those are fancy passes. A lot of those passes, we're like, wow, how'd that get through? You can't do that against the Boston Celtics because they always have their hands up in the passing lanes. Like you said, they're getting deflections, and that's exactly what they did in this game was they made it everything tough on the Kings. I mean, one of your keys to the game was, you know, try and stay in in your – don't don't get limited to a half court offense, yeah. Which is exactly what happened in this game. We knew Boston was going to do it, and we let them do it, Calvin. We yep. let them do it. Yep. There was a good stretch in the second quarter, I think it was, or maybe even the third, uh, before this game got out of hand, where uh, Fox was. I felt like he was making more of an effort to try to even out off of a made basket. Uh, you know, push the pace, try to get into the lane before Boston's defense was set. Um, they just didn't really have an opportunity to do that enough tonight. Uh, and then, of course, when you're playing catch-up like that, once you get down, you know, if it's threes on one end and then you, you come up with a couple of missed buckets and then you just get you keep getting pelted with threes yep. uh, on the other end, it, it's almost impossible at that point. You can't really speed yourself up. You can't speed the, the pace of the game up. It's just demoralizing to miss a bunch of shots in a row and see the other team come down two crisp passes and a, a drain three. They made like four or five of them in, in a row. It, it's almost, it, it's incredibly demoralizing it for a yep. team at that point. It definitely is. Even when you're playing at home and Calvin, I mean, there was a lot of Celtics fans in the building. Oh, we yeah. heard them cheering when Boston would go on runs and Boston Celtics went on a lot of runs in this game. So always tough for the Kings. They did look tired. I'm not, uh, you know, screaming that the roof is or the sky is falling or anything like that, but two tough losses in back-to-back games for the Kings. So definitely some stuff for them to work on in the next couple of days. Next game is on Friday at home against the Phoenix Suns. That's an extremely important game, it's a big game. especially when we're talking about playoff seating because Phoenix is just below the Sacramento Kings. The Kings would have been able to win one or two of these last two games. They'd be in a much better position. Yeah. Uh, but Friday's game is almost a must win in my big mind. game, and it's a head-to-head matchup, yep. right? So you get to you get a full game, uh, you know, extra gap there, breathing room. Um, Bench Matthew is having some issues connecting. It's probably Wi-Fi would be my guess. Go but I got Nick here. Nick's ready, dude. He's ready it's to always talk. Always ready. I'm going to bring him up here. Uh, Any guesses on what you think he's going to say the Kings didn't do in this game? They did not guard their man. They did not stay on their man. Okay. Um, And they did not light the beam. They did not play defense. Yeah. You got to play defense. All right. Well, let's let's hear from Nick. Yo, Nick. What's up, guys? What's up, dude? (laughs) What's up, man? We lost tonight, but you know what? We got to play better. We got to step up our game. We did not play good defense. They look a little tired. They played last night. We lost last night. And we lost tonight again. So it's like, you know, they need to show up tonight. But you know what? Next game is Friday against Phoenix. You know what we got to do? What do we got to do? Got to show up. 
Push the basketball. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I'm going to change the subject here for a second. Are you cool with that? Huh? Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Um, yes. Did you did you see what the Utah Jazz did last night, Nick? They. Did you see what they did? Killed, destroyed us, basically. Yeah, and you know what they did after they beat us? What did they do? They lit their own beam. Oh, really? Yeah. Utah lit their own beam? God damn. <laughs> right? That's that's exactly how I feel. God damn. That's crazy, right? That That is absolutely crazy. Uh, I mean, you got any words for the Utah Jazz trying to steal our I, ideas? I'm going to say, you know, do not copy us, please. Hey, people copy me. It's fucking annoying. I heard an echo in there. I like it. I like I it. Stadium. They always do those things. That's what the bean, they... man. That gets Nick real riled up. Nick, are you eating right now? No, I'm not. I'm running, I'm running my friend Richard. You're doing what? I'm with my friend Richard. Oh, okay. oh, what's up, Richard? What's up, man? Yo, How's yo. it going? Yeah, I'm just driving home. He was at the game today with me. Today, too. So yeah, you know. lower deck, man. Is Richard a Kings fan? He's at lower level. Yeah. Richard, you're a Kings fan? Yeah. You know that. Yeah, I am. All right, dude. Hell yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Right. We got to stick together. Richard, what do you uh, what do you think the Kings did wrong tonight? I'm not too sure. Uh, they need to play better defense. They need to show no, up. Interior defense. I think they need more interior defense. There you but, go. Nick with the oh. assist. I like Richard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Kings probably didn't know what they were doing wrong halfway through this game. They're probably like, I don't know. They're just bigger. They're stronger. They're faster than us. They're making all the shots. We're not. They can yeah. defend us. We can't defend them. They seem lost. Yeah. I think they were shooting a lot of threes or something. The Celtics and the Yeah. Disadvantages and the out. Yeah, it was a rough night all the way around. Did you guys have any rough pizza night. at the it started off good. The first quarter was good. It started off good, but you know, it's just it went terrible. It went bad. It went to bad. You know, it <laughs> went to bad. We just started didn't show from up. the bottom. Now we're on the bottom again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite unfortunate, game, Nick. Um. Good news. Good news if you're ready for it. Calvin booked his ticket to Sacramento. Yes. I have not booked mine yet, but he will be there on the 14th. Yes. And I will be there as well. Okay. So we're going to we're going to see you and and you said you were buying us a couple slices of pizza, right? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. We'll be hungry after a long flight. Nick um did you wear your light the beam shirt tonight? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, maybe that's why the Kings lost. Oh, I need to start wearing that again. I won't wear that at home too. Yeah. How many times have you worn? This- you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Sure, Nick. A couple of times. Did the Kings win all those games? Uh, well, I'm going to take that as a yes. So, Nick, I think you need to start wearing that shirt more, dude, if you want the Kings to win. Yeah. Can you wear it on Friday? Uh, well, yeah, I'll be there Friday. All right, wear, wear your light the beam shirt so we can light the beam. Yeah, goes to like all the to games, be, man. I'm so jealous. I need so a jealous. fire, 
fired the laser. Nick's got a great life, dude. He works for the Cats. He gets I said, to the team fired the laser. He gets to all the Kings yeah. games. He gets to eat all the pizza he wants. Right. I mean, I'm a little jealous. He's on all of the post game. Yeah. Shows after the every game. He's famous. He's famous. Well, Nick. Yeah. It's been awesome talking with you, Richard. It was nice to meet you. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see you both in. We're, we're like three weeks away. It's getting close. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. But you got any last words for the royal family out there? Like the playoffs coming up. Uh, like the playoffs coming up. Yeah. Is that your last words? Yeah. All right, Nick. We'll ride home safe, buddy, and we'll see you soon. Sleep, sleep. No, it's roll your rebound. Is that a different one? Yeah, roll your rebound. Roll your rebound, I see them on Facebook. Yeah. Sleep dreams, Calvin. All right, Nick. Have a good night, buddy. Thanks, Nick. All right, sleep dreams, guys. Sweet dreams. He says sweet dreams, Calvin. I thought he said guys. And then guys afterwards. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm just thrown in there, dude. I didn't get a special call out. That's okay. I forgive him. I forgive him. And it's a bummer that Bench Matthews not able to join. He must be having it more is. Wi-Fi it issues. Is. But he's gonna bring us some luck on Friday as well. He says he's gonna be there wearing his Domas jersey. Perfect. Which I think the Kings are like six and one or something okay. when he wears that jersey. So yeah, that'd be that'd be really really. I cool. just randomly threw that number out there, Bench Matthew. I have no idea what the record is. But <laughs> um, do you remember what we were talking about before Nick was on? Um, defense. How much Boston was whooping that ass tonight? Yeah. Anyways, before we get uh, go into any any deeper anywhere else, guys, don't forget to smash up that like button. We go over thirty people watching right now. We got thirteen likes. Please hit that like button. It doesn't cost anything. It really helps us a lot. It helps us grow the channel. It helps more Kings fans see this channel. So please, please hit the like button. We got a little burp going. That was, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, anyways, uh, back to the game tonight, Calvin. Another triple-double for Domas Sabonis. He seemed to be the only guy that... Uh, oh, no way. It is six and 6-1. How about that? There you go. What a memory. How about a that? Memory. Shout out to Lane for joining in here. Um I don't want to, like, say Domas was the only one doing stuff tonight because he obviously wasn't the only guy doing stuff. But he's been playing really well lately, Calvin. And, and I'm not talking about 20-plus point scoring nights. He's had a lot of just, like, 12, 12, 15, 13, 10, 12. Like, he, he's done everything for this team. Yes, he has. I mean, he's done everything all season long, but it's definitely been taken to another level, I think, since the All-Star break. And it it was just more noticeable tonight because, again, when you play a team like Boston, you think about the guys on this Kings roster that are, are playmakers or able to initiate their own offense even against a good defensive team, right? It's De'Aaron Fox. It's Malik Monk to some extent. Kevin Herter. Yep. Um, Davion a little bit. He showed some of that tonight. But when the rest of the team really has no opportunity to do that because they take away the backdoor cuts so well or just cuts in general, uh, they're really good at, at face guarding. Um, and, and those guys like Keegan Murray, even Harrison Barnes to an extent, don't really do too much when it comes to putting the ball on the deck themselves and creating for themselves. Uh, 
obviously the thing that stands out the most is Sabonis working his tail off inside, offensive rebounds, yep. initiating the offense for everybody He's else, beat all up that inside. stuff. Yeah, it, it was a very physical game for sure. Um, but when the rest of the team is basically just standing on the three-point line waiting for to receive the pass and put up the shot, yeah, you know, Simonis looks like he's working a hundred times harder out there than everybody else. And I mentioned the turnovers and the bad free throw shooting, something I, I don't really like. So there's definitely some stuff to work on. Shout out to Mr. Angel here for encouraging us to commit a felony or a federal <laughs> crime in the chat. Mr. Angel, we love you. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Uh, Progressive G says, hey, Calvin and Barry, is Sabonis better than Chris Weber? Man. Um, that's tough. What's the right answer here? Because if you I say don't know yes, what you're the right answer piss is. off a bunch of exactly, Kings fans. Right? If you say no, you're going to piss off a bunch of Kings fans. Chris Weber kind of had like two different careers also. I mean, when he yeah. first came out of Michigan and came into the NBA, that dude was one of the most athletic big men that the NBA has probably ever seen at that point. Like, he was unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and then injuries forced him to really change his game. By the time he was in Sacramento and in the later years of him playing with the Kings, his style was much more like what Sabonis' style is. Definitely. He didn't really play over the, you know, above the rim or, or jump over everybody. Um, yes, Lane, he did call a timeout with no timeouts left. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, Well, let's break it down just, by category. I mean, he had a, a really, really great career, too. I, Sabonis yeah. is obviously going to go on to have a great career as well. But Let's break it down by category, right? Like... Durability, you're giving that to Sabonis, right? I mean, how old is Sabonis? 26, 27? 27. He's not thought. very old. And he's about to have his second child, which is yeah. pretty cool. Shout out to him. Um, which I guess it's hard to compare a guy that young with an older guy. But I'm going to give the advantage to Sabonis on durability, right? The dude's playing with a broken thumb right now. Doesn't even bother him. Shooting. Who's a better shooter? Probably Weber, I would say. Okay. All around? Yeah. Free throws, mid-range, everything. Yeah. I mean, Weber really developed a pretty Go. legit 18-foot jump shot when he was post, in the later years. Post-move. Post-game. Probably Sabonis. Sabonis? Yeah. Passer. Sabonis. Although Weber was a great passer yeah. as well. Great, Rebounder. great passer. Probably Sabonis. Okay. I don't know how many times Weber led the NBA in rebounding. Um... Defense. Well, I guess you could break down defense into a couple different categories. Rim protection. I'm going to go with Sabonis overall on this one, I think. Okay. That's Weber, I, that's Weber especially when he played with the Kings, was not much of a defender. Injuries definitely had an impact on that, but okay. he, he was not much of a defender. Mr. Angel's taking Brad Miller. Over shout both out, of them? Shout out to Brad there Miller. You go. Um, so overall, Sabonis, Weber. I think that Sabonis will end eventually be the better player I, I i think that at this point he's already a great player yeah um weber was a great player for a very long time right and i think sabonis will uh, will do that as well so that's why when it's all said and done or you know in five years from now it, sabonis will unanimously be considered the better player maybe maybe here's the better oh and actually i forgot to say saw matt barnes tonight on the on the show that was pretty cool see him yeah uh you know who i was not happy about seeing on there paul pierce i know right why the hell is he on set no idea why would you let Get a boston celtics guy on set that guy was probably so happy to be on set too because right. he got kicked out of every <laughs> uh 
you know, national show that he ever did. I mean, if the Kings were doing bad, I'd be like, you know, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, falling when he's begging to get on Kings yep. post games and yep. stuff like that. But, um, hey, Paul Pierce, I enjoyed him as a player. Get the hell off of our studio. Get the hell off of our studio. Um, I guess, Calvin, the question, and I'm, I'm just reviewing some Chris Webber stats because I don't know them like the back of my hand. But, um, damn, he's 50 now. That's crazy. Turned 50 up there. 20 days ago. Um, I guess the better question is, if you were to replace Weber with Sabonis on that team, does that make the team better, the same, worse? Well, I don't see how it makes them worse. Um, the, I think that they're still probably you know pretty close to the same team. I mean, that was the best team in the NBA for a couple of years. They got cheated out of a championship, so... So Weber hard to be better than that, right? Also, I don't think it makes them worse. Weber made it to Sacramento when he was twenty five, stayed till he was about thirty one, then went to Philadelphia. I mean, he averaged twenty points, thirteen rebounds in his first season with the Kings, then twenty numbers four and a half and ten, twenty seven and eleven, twenty four and ten, twenty three and ten. And then it kind of drops off a little bit after that. Yeah, I mean, they're, 2010 both, guys. they're both great players. He's a 2010 guy. Know? Weber's probably a top... I mean, he's definitely a top 10 power forward of all time. So, like, it, it's there. It, it's a very close call, I think, at this point. What do you think Chris Weber's three-point percentage was? Um, no, he was shooting... Wow, not a lot. Yeah, less didn't than really a, take that many. I mean, his first year, first two years, he averaged almost about a an attempt a game, and then it dropped off significantly. First year in Sacramento, eleven percent from three point range. That's wild. Then twenty eight percent. Then seven percent. Twenty six. Twenty three. Twenty. Wow, that's rough. That's not good at yeah, all. He just didn't shoot that many either. I mean, he was lethal from that. 15 to 18 foot range. Oh, yeah. So. Definitely. I mean, he was shooting 48% from the field or so. Pretty consistent. Doesn't doesn't give you the assist that you get from a guy like Sabonis. Um, that's a really no, tough that, question. They man. didn't really run the offense through him the way that they run the offense through Sabonis either. Yeah. So he did, didn't maybe have as many opportunities. And Vlade was another really good passing big man. So that took some of those chances away from him as well. I think we got to go over to Tanvir because I want to hear from him. He keeps changing his Twitter name. I don't know why he changes his Twitter name all the time. Well, he's updating it with every he's, Kings win or loss. He's like trying to confuse me, dude, by just changing changes his name. He's got a flag in front of there now. Um, but I, I think Tanvir could probably help us with this debate here. What's up, Tanvir? What's up, guys? How's it going, man? It's going, man. I wish I had a beer right now. <laughs> Same here, man, but it's raining out here. <laughs> Are you working right now? Yes, sir. You know me. Working. Hey, loves loves to work. Dude, my mom, shout out to my mom. She sent me a video earlier today of it, of it hailing in Davis. Oh, that's crazy. Man. Is it been? That is crazy. Has the weather been pretty crazy over there? It's been on and off. Okay. Is that good yeah. or bad? On off. It's all right. 
I don't really like the rain though. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. uh, have you been listening about Calvin and I's little conversation about Sabonis versus Weber? Yeah, I heard that. I know you're a, a legit Kings fan and you follow everybody, so let's let's hear your take. All right. What would you like to hear? You got to find a quiet spot so you don't get in trouble? <laughs> got to think hard about this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's a hard question right there. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I mean, not really. We've been talking about this for at least a few minutes. Who's a better passer? Okay, I got All right, now I see where it's going. <laughs> I'll give the best passer to uh, Doma, 100%. As good as Weber was, bonus is good at passing. Okay. Better <clears throat> score. Yeah. Better score. Ooh. I'll, I'll give back to Weber better score. I don't know. Tanvir, do you know what a bomb cyclone is? <laughs> oh, no. My mom just said in the chat that they had a bomb cyclone. Hopefully everybody's okay, Mom. That's that's wild. Yeah, that, that, that is. Hopefully everyone's all right. Never heard of a bomb cyclone. Me neither. Sounds like something out of a Marvel movie. It sounds some kind, yeah, something like that. All right, Tanvir, so I created a little bit of a distraction there to give you some time to think about who's the better player. What's your answer? Uh, I got I to give it to Doma uh, um, Sabonis, the better player. Not wow. that far off from Weber. Really? Yeah. Okay. As much as I, lo I love Weber, man, I love Weber. 100%. There you go. Just, I like Sabonis' game a lot more. It's a bonus. But it's different, man. It's very different. It, yeah, it's hard to yeah. compare. Comparing it's basketball hard. players is just very, very difficult because it's it's like it's like I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example. So everybody here loves to watch surfing, right? And mm -hmm. for me, like I, I like watching surfing. Surfing's cool, but it's like I don't understand how they judge these people on surfing because. It's like every wave's different. So it's like, oh, you get the primo wave. So like your your set looks really good, you know, because I'm a skateboarder. So like I'm used to like watching the X Games and other events where it's like everybody rides the same thing, right? Like you ride the same course and, and you do the same. Surfing's different, right? Because each wave is different. Right. Each moment is yeah. a little bit different. Basketball is kind of yep. the same thing. Is like each player is in a different position every game. They're in a different exactly. position in their career with the team they're in, the situations they're in, like the the surroundings around them. So it's very very hard for me to judge players, especially guys that play in different eras, and guys that oh, play yeah, different that's... positions. But these guys, you know, same position basically, same yeah. team, which the team is much different. The era is yeah. different. It's very hard for me to get Yeah, the era. Yeah. It is. Calvin's going it's with Sabonis hard, also. Yeah, I mean, I okay. think by the by the end of Sabonis' career, I think oh, he'll yeah. be generally 100%. considered a better player. 100%. I, I'm going with Chris Webber, honestly. All right, Barry. Um, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, talk to me. And I love Sabonis, but talk to me. When the Kings make it to the Western Conference Finals, then I'll pick Sabonis. That's fair. All right. 
that's fair. That's fair, bro. No yeah. problems with that. Oh, yeah. good. I mean, it's like it, Sabonis has been with the Kings for one season. Yeah. Right. Versus like, and he's yep. broken in a bunch of he's records. Had, he's had a great and, one and he, year. Yeah, there. and he's been incredible <laughs> he and all that. But like, Chris Webber is like probably the best power forward in Kings history. Yeah, which again, that was exactly my point. Yeah. Webber did this for a very, very long time. So yeah. Sabonis has definitely got some catching up to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he's he's on pace. He's on pace. Yep. Okay. He's uh, on pace. Bench math, he's got another one here. Tony or Rodney? Yeah. Um, I gotta be honest, I'm not even sure which players we're talking about here. Tony or Rodney. Do you know who those guys are? Yeah, Rodney. You don't know Rodney? <laughs> I don't know who uh Bench Matthew, you gotta <laughs> elaborate a little bit. I think I'm missing something here. Um Oh, Tony Hawk or Rodney Mullen. I saw the oh, skateboard. Oh, no wonder I didn't realize the reference. I okay. saw the skateboard. Got it. Got it. Um, got it. Got it. Um, I mean, I'm just going to preface this real quick saying that I saw Tony Hawk do the first 900 live. Um, also, That's pretty awesome. Rodney Mullen was my favorite skateboarder of all time. Uh, Rodney Mullen is what's called a street skater, and uh, Tony Hawk was a vert skater. And I myself was a street skater, so I go with Rodney Mullen. The only skateboarding story I can tell is I grew up down the street from Nigel Houston. Yeah. And his family built for him and his his siblings a huge... Dude, we used uh, to see that every day. Like, Is that called a half pipe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I would see them skating literally every morning walking to school and every yeah. afternoon on the way home. Those kids did nothing else. Yep. Which is obviously why he became so good. Well, you know what pissed me off, Calvin, was when I was when I was there, I was still helping out at the elementary school. So I had I think it was like fourth period or third period or something like that, where I would walk from the junior high to the elementary school to help out, which in reality you think about this. What a waste of time. Like you <laughs> have know, right? an hour and you have to commute. <laughs> From the school to the other school, you're there for like 20 minutes, and then you got to turn around and walk all the yeah. way back. But Calvin, I'm, I, I guess it's hard for me to be angry because I wasn't in school at the time, <laughs> right? Because I was walking. But those kids were there all day long, they were in the backyard, yeah, all day long. And I would walk by their house every single day, and they would be there skating. Yep, yep, worked out. Um, sorry, Tanvir, I forgot you were here. Um, <laughs> no problem, man. I know you're working, so I, I just letting you letting you think things through a little bit. Were you a skateboarder at all? Did you skateboard? No, not a skateboarder like you, Barry. I mean, I was a skateboarder. <laughs> did, did that sound mean? He's like not a skateboarder like you. I don't know, but shout out to Bench Matthew because I was a rollerblader, also roller hockey, all that stuff. I loved it. So Rodney, just never all got the way. I can't ollie, so he is my hero. Ha ha ha. Bench Matthew, I'll teach you how to ollie uh, if you want. It's pretty easy, bro. Uh, I would happily teach you how to ollie. Oh, I thought you were a skateboarder, not are a skateboarder. Yeah, but I can still ollie. <laughs> Come on, dude. I could still, I could still ollie. I could okay. still kick flip. I could okay. heel flip. I could uh, varial. Um, I can't like three flip or anything like that anymore. But it's like. I can still do it. It's like riding a bike. You still got it. It's like riding a bike. You still got it. It's like it. riding a skateboard. <laughs> it's like riding a skateboard. Like, for example, uh, last week, 
I was working with this old bartender and I'm like, man, it's been a while since I've been, since I like felt like I'm in a good flow and doing this and all this. And I was like, I can start flipping bottles again. And he's like, what, you know how to flip bottles? And I just flipped it and I caught it in the air and I'm like, yep, feels good. All those hours, Calvin, that I wasted. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I wasted it, but it's like, it was waste. My talents were wasted. Yeah. And now. And now you get to use them again. Flipping bottles again. Uh, I'm the boomer who wears a helmet and knee pads, too many concussions, and blown out knees. It's okay, Matthew. You don't need knees or a head to do a a ollie. You just need some ankles. I got good ankles. Anyways, back to the game. Back to Tanvir. Um, Tanvir, tell me how important Friday's game against the Phoenix Suns is. Yeah, that's a big, big game right there, man. Very important game right there. 100% very important game. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it? <laughs> it's a 10. Probably like a 9, 9.5. Oh, wow. I was going to say 11. Yeah, around there. Around an 11. Okay. What do you around think? What do you think, Cal? I agree. I, I think they probably aren't going to be... You know, depending on playoff seating down the stretch, this game's going to have huge implications for all of that as well. Uh, this is the last time you get to play Phoenix. Good night, Charles. Before the season ends. You know, this game, like I said, could mean, you know, almost the, the difference between winning and losing the division later on down the line. So I don't see how it can't be, uh, you know, a 10 of importance. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the injury report here. Kevin Herter listed as out. DeAndre Ayton listed as out. Doesn't say anything here about Kevin Durant. I think you got to go to the full injury report, but I'm not on the full injury report. No. Oh, see full injury report. Duh. That's what that button does. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Now I got to scroll down here, Calvin. It's getting hot with this hoodie. A B C D. There you go. This is a great hey, hoodie. Yeah, there's if Kevin you're Durant. cold, I mean if. If it was hailing right now, I feel pretty protected with this nice, warm, Royal Rebounds hoodie. That's true. It's nice and thick also, so the hail would probably just bounce very right thick, off of it. And it's very warm. It looks yep. good. It's stylish. Um, RoyalRebounds.com, I think, is where you can pick I one up. I think so. And if you want to wait until Monday, you no, can get 15% off. They want to get it now. By Taco using the, the Merch Monday code. Um, I'm here on the full injury report. Kevin Durant listed as out with an ankle says reevaluated in three weeks. This was on March 9th. Uh, so that would be March 30th, if I guess correctly. Sounds so about right. Nine days till he's reevaluated. Yep. We'll see. That's a long time. We'll you think see. he'll ever play again? <laughs> ever play again? Yeah. Yes, I do. Really? You know who else is going to play again soon? Carl Anthony Towns and possibly Anthony Edwards. And John Morant. Well, yeah, John Morant. But he. His brain was hurt. He didn't have a an actual yeah. injury. Um, Tanvir, are you still there? Yep, I'm still here. I love it, dude. I love it. Dude, this is great. I love how you just are kind of in the background, and then I, when I got a question for you, you just, like, pop right up. You're ready? This is great. Yeah. We have to do this more often. But um, oh, yeah. Kevin Durant. Wait, first, give me your thoughts on Kevin Durant. I, I want to just – I need some background on Tanvir's – uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? His view, his stance, his stance on Kevin Durant. Yeah, I like Katie, man. There's no disrespect to him, man. He's, 
He's a high-level small forward, one of the best in the game at scoring, man. Okay. There's nothing much I can say. He's a champion, MVP. There's many accolades he has. No disrespect to him, man. I love him. If, uh, I like it. If you were to choose one kind of dessert to describe Kevin Durant, what would it be? As a dessert, probably ice cream. Okay, what do you ice about you, cream, Kevin? Huh? Why? Because he's cold as ice. Oh man. Yep. What do you think? <laughs> Cupcake? I don't know. I'm not a big dessert guy, so like, I, I it's not a fair comparison to me because, you know, dessert doesn't really do it for me. Tamver, you think that Kevin Durant will ever play again? Uh, I think he will. I don't know about this game. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's going to play again. I'm just thinking this like, season. I mean, what if he gets injured in practice again? That would be really unfortunate. Yeah, that would be possible. unfortunate. A slip and fall. A slip and is fall. what they called it. Yeah. What a weird injury. I got to watch that, that video again. It looks so awkward. <laughs> So, so Gilbert says he's an almond joy. Yeah, that's that's a good. I can one. only assume that's bad because most people hate almond joy. And a, yeah, and a Babe Ruth. Uh, I mean, good and plenty. A lot of people hate good those. And plenty. I like good and plenties. So maybe he's not yeah. a good and plenty. There I mean, like I said, dessert is. I got to be in in the right mood for it. Yeah, shout out to my cousin Brandon, um, because. You you played ball with Brendan before, right? Didn't I don't know if we ever played together. I thought we played in the gym once here. Anyways. Maybe. Kevin Durant was dude's favorite player growing up. Like, A lot of people. Absolute favorite player. He modeled everything after him. You see him take a jump shot, it looks exactly like Katie's jump shot. It's crazy. Wow. It's smooth. It looks good. He dude, he's wet. It's it's pretty pretty impressive. He looks exactly like Katie when he shoots. That's very impressive. It's pretty wild. I'll have to show you next time. He's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, he's had the same injuries. Uh, wasn't able to stay on the court, so that's quite unfortunate. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Calvin, regarding this game tonight before we move on? I mean, we kind of already moved on to Phoenix, but any last thoughts about the Boston Celtics and how horrible their mascot is or anything like that? Oh, the mascot's terrible. Yeah. And we're just coming off St. Patrick's Day. I mean, it it just has a, a bad, leaves a bad taste in your mouth for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, what do you think, Tanvir? Yeah, I think it's up there. I think the Pelicans are worse. Yeah, it keeps throwing <laughs> those Pelicans in there. I love it. The um, They need to be the Jazz again. I was watching the Jazz game last night. First off, I was watching the game. And all I could think about the first half is I'm like, Donovan Mitchell's right. I'm looking around, and I'm like, Donovan Mitchell is so right looking at this crowd. Um, but the Jazz's stupid name for a team in Utah, it should be the New Orleans Jazz. Should be. The Utah be. Pelicans. You think that would stick? The Utah I don't know Pelicans. About that. <laughs> What's a good name for Utah? Storm and Mormons? No, I don't think that's allowed, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> what do you um, think, Tanvir? That's a tough one. What is there in Utah? Mountains? A lot of mountains. A lot of mountains. Tabernacle, there you go. The Utah... Utah basketball team. 
Sister wives. <laughs> wow, Calvin's hating right here. We're going to get canceled. Yeah, the wilderness. That's a good one, Gilbert. The Utah wilderness. Anyways, get rid of the Pelicans. New Orleans Jazz. Yeah. Such a good team name. Definitely. Such a good team name. Much better than the that Pelicans. But uh, Mountaineers is not bad. Tanvir derailed this conversation, so I'm going to try and get it back. Um, Kings just had five games in seven nights. They got two games off here. Sorry, two days off here. Man, I'm in the full injury report. I got to get all the way back to the schedule now. And then they take on the Phoenix Suns here on Friday. Last game against Phoenix, they won. It was in Phoenix, 128-119. The game before that was a pretty rough loss before the All-Star break. Uh, The Kings lost 121-09. But this game Friday is in Sacramento. And then a back-to-back on Saturday against the same lame Utah Jazz team. Calvin... Give me your keys to the game on Friday. Uh-oh. Right as your computer right goes. Right as the computer goes down. Don't worry. We'll get it back. And while you're doing that, I'm just going to count. So the Kings have two days off. They play fr- Friday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's how many days off here? That's Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday off. That's it. Three days off, five basketball games. That's five games in, in eight nights. Yeah, again, after five games and seven nights this past week. Yeah, that's wild. It is quite literally a race to the finish line. That is absolutely crazy. You got your keys ready? I do have them ready. Before you read them off, Tanvir, what are your keys to the to the game on Friday? Ooh, my keys would be you got to defend the three-pointer. That's the 100% didn't do today. Okay. Which kinda, yeah. There's that. Got to get the rebound. Okay. Got to get the offense one through um, Goma. That's pretty much it. How many keys is that? Wait. Guard the three. Guard the three. Rebound. Get rebound and feed Sabonis. Feed Sabonis. Feed Sabonis. Okay. So you want Sabonis being like a little bit more aggressive, going to the basket, trying to score instead of pass the ball out so much. Yeah. Okay. I, love it. I love it when he's yeah. aggressive at the basket. I love it when he's dunking the basketball. I absolutely love it when Domas is dunking the basketball. Calvin. The only thing I don't love is when he doesn't get foul calls. Yeah, that pisses me off. Yep. Calvin, what are your keys? My keys are number one, get to the free throw line early and often. Phoenix allows uh, a ton of free throw attempts, over 25 a game, which is, you know, the bottom third of the NBA. In that last meeting back in Phoenix that you just spoke about, the Kings were 31 of 37 at the free throw line in that game. They definitely got to the line a ton, and they also converted, unlike today. So that'll definitely be a good way for them to kind of, you know, manage the runs. Like in this game, if they were able to get to the free throw line more, you know, or they got more calls either way, that might have helped break up some of those Boston runs. Number two is pick-and-roll defense. Chris Paul absolutely shredded them in the last game. He had 16 assists. Him and Aiton were really solid in that pick-and-roll game all night long. Uh, and the, the Suns have killed the paint, killed the Kings scoring in the paint this season. A lot of that comes from that initial pick-and-roll between Paul 
and Aiden. And then number three is going to be fourth quarter execution. All three games this season against Phoenix have been very close, highly contested, came down to the last few minutes, you know, before one team maybe uh, was able to get a little bit more of a cushion. Um, but they've all been very, very close games. So the fourth quarter has been when the Kings have been at their best. So far this season, we want to see that come to fruition again. Fox be able to execute in the clutch and the defense pick it up a notch, turn it up a notch. I like it. I like it. So I like it guard too. the three-point line, offensive rebounds. Oh, no, nope, sorry. Wrong game. Wrong game. Wrong game. Shoot lots of free throws, pick and roll defense, fourth quarter defense. Yeah, I mean, that's all great. Um, as long as the Kings are able to uh, play well in the first quarter and not get down 25 points, I mean, it yeah, of course, it, that's what's going to be part of it. What your fourth quarter yeah. defense looks like if you're down so much, which is unfortunate. No, that's true. I mean, I'm more assuming or thinking that this game is going to be a close game again because they've played this team pretty evenly so far. Uh, Kevin Durant will again not be playing so that they don't have that extra wrinkle to throw in there it's the same squad that they're used to I think it will come down to the fourth quarter again and the Kings you know have have won a lot of those games this year so yes they have uh Tanvir um yep. I'm reading a tweet here from Sacktown Pete shout out to Pete love Pete 100%. He, says, shout out to Pete. he says quote why are some losing faith I'm not understanding this hate we are yeah, playing a really good Celtics it. team that made the finals last year. Little adversity, and y'all want to flip flop. Cool. I don't or don't let the door hit you on the way out. Oh, I think I'm supposed to ask a question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was confused. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you think of that? What do you think of that, Tanvir? Because I, I gotta say, dude, I love Pete. But Pete's got a tough job like us where we kind of like it's not even really a job, right? Like we put ourselves in this position where we make a video after every single Kings game. I know Pete does the same thing. He makes a video after every single Kings game. And, you know, I think that he has a little bit of an advantage over us in terms that he doesn't go live. So he's he can kind of control his emotions a little bit more. And it's not like right after the game's over, like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like you guys have seen me sometimes where I'm just crazy. Um, but I mean, Pete deals with the ups. He deals with the downs. Obviously he's well connected with, with Davion and, and all that group. And he loves the Kings. Um, but I think a lot of fans, feel negative after a lot of these losses. And maybe that's, like I said yeah. earlier in the stream, because they reevaluate their expectations as the, as the team continues to get better. They go into games like this thinking that we should win this game. Where if you right. look at Pete's perspective, Celtics made the finals last year. He's just happy to be yeah. here, which I, I agree with. I'm the same point. I'm just happy to be where we're at right now. Of course, yeah, I don't like to throw shade at other Kings fans, but I, can, I understand why he would want to – stand up for his team yeah how do you feel about that you feel similar to pete uh like indifferent i'm happy where the team is man can't really do anything else about it it is what it is that's what i think what do you what do you think's like the the best thing to do after a tough loss like as a fan you know, what do you what do you like to do? Because honestly, like 
I myself am much different than I was five years ago, where five years ago, the Kings are losing by 20. I shut the TV off. I turned off Sports Center. I don't even want to talk about the Kings or look or see anything that says Sacramento Kings on it for like the next day. Now I force myself into situations like this where I have to talk about it and I have to like kind of live in the moment, experience the emotions, see where everything's at. And I kind of think that that's where Pete's at right now too, right? As he's going through all the emotions. Yeah. What do you, what's best for you? Do you like to experience everything or you shut it down? Hey man, I just like to enjoy whatever's going on, man. You lose, you win. It's just sports, man. I understand how fans feel, but you just got to cope with it. Whatever happens, happens, man. Let's move on, get ready for the next game. It's a great way to look at it. What do you uh what do you think players what do you think players should do? Like what if you're a player, how are you looking at this because I I feel like on one hand, it's good to have that next game mentality, right? Where it's like, oh, this is over. We're moving on to the next yeah. game. But I also feel like some of the best players of all time, the ones that win it all, the ones that are the best, they can't sleep after a game like this. They lose a game like this. Like, for example, I don't know if you watched The Last Dance, but Michael Jordan was making stuff up in his head about why he hated people. <laughs> Just to give him that motivation and that killer instinct, I'm sure a lot of guys do that, like Kobe Bryant, and and maybe not make up things, but it's just like <laughs> I was they, gonna say, I don't think a lot of guys do that. No, but, but. I'm just saying they. Yeah, I don't think a lot of guys do that. They use hurtful feelings as motivation to not be in that situation again, right? They're like, "This is how I feel right now. I never want to feel this." again so i'm going to be in the gym twice as hard and i'm going to use this to push me forward so what what is the what is the right balance between next game not worried about this one versus dwelling over this to help improve yourself well um, i think you just gotta whatever makes you like stay out of that mentality like if you are tired of losing and then you go into the gym do all this hard work and then you still come up losing, but at the end of the day, NBA is a whole different type of league now. Just gotta keep doing what you're doing, keep your head up, because losing is just part of the game. That's all what I think, man. Man. I'm asking the hard questions tonight. You are asking some really tough you questions. You are. I'm asking <laughs> tough question, questions. Man. I like it, bro. I like what, it. What do you think, Calvin? I think that's an individual thing. You know, you, you're asking me what the average player should do. Yeah. Um, uh, all these guys are, are made up a little bit differently. Well, nobody wants to be average. Yeah. Of course, yeah, nobody no one wants yeah. to be average. Yeah. But I, that's yeah. my point is that I don't think this is a one size fits all answer here. Um, you know, the bottom line, I think, is game, tough games in the regular season should definitely bother you, and you should go to the film, and you should look at what happened and try to, to learn from those mistakes that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, like, you know, staying with you for long periods of time, that's when I think you, you're being a little too obsessive over one game. Playoff games are different. 
if you make it to the playoffs and you lose in the first round and it's your first time in the playoffs, that's going to haunt you for the whole summer, right? It should motivate you to work hard, all this stuff, come back and be ready for training camp next season, a different player. But I do think that when you're in the middle of a, an NBA season, um, especially coming down a playoff stretch run here, you do have to be able to move on to the next game pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 And maybe, so you're saying there's a, there should be a different mindset for playoff games versus regular season games? Or? I'm saying that that's, that would be the mindset for me personally. Okay. Um, I played in one playoff game in high school. One playoff game. It was my Damn. senior year. Yeah. And we lost. And we lost badly. And that was the last game of my high school career. And you still feel And it. I was I was pretty upset about it. Yeah. Um, we lost a bunch of games in the regular season, too, that I was obviously upset about. Yeah. But I still think about that playoff game today. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, we got something to work out, Calvin. <laughs> we got to recreate this game. We got to build a time machine. Go back to high school and win that game, Calvin. <laughs> that's a tough, tough task. We played a very good team. Well, Tamir is always working, so. dude. I'm sure he can figure it out. There you go. Anyways, um, we're just rambling at this point. But we appreciate everybody for hanging out tonight. Uh, hopefully, you guys had fun. Uh, hopefully, you feel a little bit better than after the loss because I know that's always tough. But honestly, Calvin, I, I feel like I've turned over a new leaf. In the oh past wow! Month. I have. Oh, I don't hear you say that very often. I know, right? But I, I felt like I don't know. I'm just not angry after losses right now. I don't know why. Okay. I just don't feel that angry. You think like, it's because they're 11 and four since the All Star break? Probably. <laughs> um, but you know, like I used to just be so mad after the losses, and I'm sure. When the playoffs come, it's going to be a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. You know, if yeah. they lose Friday's game against Phoenix, which I know is a really big game, I'm going to feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm getting complacent. Maybe, I don't know, Calvin. I, I feel like my goals for the season have already been accomplished. And maybe that's bad. Maybe people want to hate on me for taking my foot off the gas. Honestly, I have no control over the Kings. I have no control over how well they do. All I have is control over myself and over my emotions sometimes and over the things that I say most of the time. So I'm not even angry, Calvin, when they lose a game right now. I I feel like the Kings have improved greatly this year, greatly. They're going to make the playoffs. All these little bumps in the road that are happening like right now, like last night, tonight, that's a pretty big bump. There are two bumps in a row. Um... But they're all things to learn off of. They're all things to build off of to get better. And I guess the reason why is I feel like I have a lot more trust for this team than I've had in the past few years. Yeah. Where, and this is stupid, and it doesn't make any sense at all, but I don't have to be angry because I know that Domas and De'Aaron and Mike Brown and Monty are angry that they lost tonight. And they're angry that they lost last night. And they're going to work hard to fix it and figure out a way to get better. Yeah. And nobody likes to lose. Maybe I haven't felt like that with past teams when I saw Buddy Heald smiling after a loss and going over and talking with the other team and all happy. And I'm like, I am dying over here. I'm just dying 
And these guys are having the time of their lives out on the court. Nothing matters. <laughs> and I feel like things have, have changed a little bit. I think that's – I agree with that. And so I can totally understand why you might be a little more um, at ease Boucher, watching this team. I have not had a beverage today. so Oh, I've not had alcoholic beverage today. So, no, I have not been drinking. I've been drinking the King's Kool-Aid, I guess you could say. Um, we all drinking the King's Kool-Aid, bro. What's up, Tanvir? I said we're all drinking that King's Kool-Aid, bro. <laughs> I mean, did anything that I just say make any sense? It made all sense, bro. Okay. Perfect. Dude, Tanvir's Tanvir my guy. speaks Barry. We're always on the same page. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I guess I guess it's trust. I just trust them a little bit more now. Maybe that's why well, I'm that's not fair. so angry because I'm like, they're dealing with it, um, and, and I, I expect them to come back and be better. Yeah. I mean, ju- I think just like the players, right? You yeah. deal with your frustrations in, in your own personal way, whether that's, you know, you got to go to the gym at four in the morning and get up a ton of shots because you missed a, uh, too many free throws yesterday, or um, you just have to go home and play some relaxing music and kind of zone out and let all the distractions melt away around yep. you. There's a lot of different ways to do it, go about it. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. This team definitely, they've talked about it all season long, about how important this season is to this team, to the city, to the fan base. They understand what's at stake, all of that stuff. That's the the culture change that we've been looking for on this team for 15 years or whatever. What's all these Fleetwood Mac songs that are being shown here in the chat? I'm not sure. Do you guys know that Barry works at McFleetwood's restaurant here in Maui? Yeah, and there's a Fleetwood Mac concert tonight. Oh, wow. And you don't have to work. No, I'm a daytime guy. I know. I'm surprised they didn't try to swindle you into it. No, they know. They know. They know. They know. Shout out to Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a concert tonight there. Fleetwood is playing. You know, every single day, and it's kind of crazy because I don't really think about it anymore, but they play Fleetwood Mac music all day long, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All day long. Of course. And so the people that come in and they sit at the bar – they think it's hilarious because they're like, oh, wow. And they're like, do you know this song? And they, they ask me all these questions. I'm like, what? Like, oh, I didn't even realize song <laughs> like music was playing because I just zone it all out yeah. and didn't think about uh, it. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty unreal to think about that whole experience. Anyways, um, I'm rambling again. But thank you guys so much for hanging out. We appreciate you all. Unfortunately, the Kings lose tonight to the Boston Celtics. I didn't even use any of these other awesome graphics here. Uh, Next game is Friday versus the Phoenix Suns. That is a home game in Sacramento. Calvin and I will be live directly after the game here on YouTube, also on Twitter Spaces. Shout out to Tanvir for joining us tonight. Shout out to Elizabeth for joining and listening on Twitter Spaces and all my royal family here in the chat. You guys are awesome. But, hey, uh, I think things are going to get better. Please don't take this loss too seriously, Kings fans. It is what it is. It's a great Boston Celtics team. The Kings are much improved over the past, uh, you know, 16 seasons. Um, Let them deal with it. Let them handle it. Just be a fan. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the moment, like Tanvir says. And uh, the wins will come. That's true. I mean, being a fan is also – pretty open-ended right like you can be a fan how you want to be a fan most fans overreact initially Uh, i think it's totally fine to vent a little bit yeah and then wake up the next morning and be like oh you know what we're still in third place it's okay yeah but you can be you can be frustrated in the moment 
It is okay. Uh, Tanvir, last words to you, buddy. What's up? What's I'm up? ending the show. Can you end it for me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> thanks, thanks for everyone that's been watching. Shout out to the bouncer. <laughs> he said no one gives me a shout out, so I gave him a shout out. <laughs> Just hit that like, that subscribe button, all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>